Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I was a-bouncing and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we'd just hang on. I'm Stuart Friesen, and you're listening to the Always Race Day Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Always Race Day Podcast presented by the Carlotto Group. If you need a car to compete in a demolition derby with your friends in the cul-de-sac down the, down the street from your neighborhood house, uh, childhood or current, uh, call the Carl Auto Group. They'll get you set up. It'll be new. It'll be shiny. It won't look like that afterwards if you do do that. Uh, but if you do, please uh, invite me to it. I'd love to come out and uh, broadcast it at the very least on Facebook Live, maybe on our YouTube channel. By the way, you should go subscribe to that. Look at me, Damon. I'm doing a double ad and I just seamlessly <laughs> transitioned from one to the other so go subscribe to the always race day uh youtube channel we uh we want to get that up to a thousand subscribers so we can be treated like an actual youtube channel uh and then we can do some more stuff on there uh doing some research on kind of different things we can do uh maybe nightly videos stuff like that uh if it's if necessary and uh maybe at some point we'll get the uh podcast on video on youtube as well i'd love to uh kind of entertain that and look at it because i like watching podcasts on youtube or having it on youtube in the background of whatever i'm listening to so i don't know what you guys think but uh please go do that for us and uh if you're gonna buy a car in the next week go to carlotto group and let them know that we sent you down there damon how's your weekend buddy we were were together this weekend so i guess we we had the same weekend we had basically the same weekend yeah it was uh it was a good weekend though didn't didn't do a uh, whole lot on Sunday. And thank uh, thanks to everyone who came out to the tweet out tweet up on uh, Saturday. It was great. Uh, I love the guy that hadn't been to a race in ten years. He I, he kind of dipped early, which was I'm fine. You know, yeah. walk up at your own accord and walk walk away when you do. He said he hadn't been to a race in ten years, and chose to come to the Knoxville truck race. Like that's. That's, that's crazy. And if you don't think that's a big event, that's on you. You're a fun sucker and a hater, and you you just don't understand what's big and what isn't. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And I understand. I, I have shticks and stuff I do, and I, I do understand deep down what is big and what's not. That was like eye-opening that someone came to a NASCAR truck series race just because there was one in Iowa uh, two hours from where he lived, uh, and he just wanted to go to a race, and he knows about NASCAR. Like – that's huge. 
and mm-hmm. people that people yeah. that enjoyed themselves, you know, that goes an even longer way. So sorry, Damon, you go ahead. I was say that's how you get people to uh, a get people to Knoxville. Um, you know, as a NASCAR fan, you're promoting the Knoxville track as a dirt fan, you're promoting the NASCAR product. And I thought we got best of both worlds on Saturday. It was awesome to see, um, both the track on, on great display as well as, uh, as the racing product itself also very good. So really cool to have both things go, um, in the right direction. And now it's just trying to get a little bit more of that crossover, um, between, between the dirt fan and the NASCAR fan and see if we can't, can't get a little bit more traction that way. Absolutely. I think we'll get into all that. Let's jump right into the truck race though. Todd Gilliland comes away with the win, uh, not full-time NASCAR truck series or cup series driver for 2022, uh, comes in, runs a David Gillen racing car with a deal that was came together on a came together on Monday, Monday before the race, obviously. Uh, so five days later he goes to Knoxville and ends up winning the whole dang thing. And I thought that was uh, really impressive by him. Uh, very cool kind of moment at the end. We got to interview both David and Todd, uh, after the race. Super nice guys. David looks fantastic. Yeah. He looks like he could still hop in behind a car right now. So we saw him walk by and Damon goes, is that David Gillen? And I was like, I don't know. I kind of pictured him as older than that. He he looks like a little young buck still. I don't, I don't think he's aged a bit since he got out of that M&M's car. Let's be quite honest. Right. Not at all. Um, Obviously uh, the biggest moment of the race was uh, NASCAR doing their best impression of formula one and black flagging uh, Grimes native Brett Moffitt total ref show. I, from my vantage point watching it live, I thought Brett went when the green flag started flying. And also he's the leader. Does he not signify the restart? Well, as as per the rule book, he has to be. Oh, yeah, you're a big rule guy. You're a big rule book guy with the Kyle Larson suspension from last week. I told you, I just wanted Chad Canals to be the crew chief if it happened, and he's not, so I'm not happy. But we got um, Kevin Kevin Neanderin or something. Yeah, Kevin Mendering. We'll talk about it. But uh, um, he has to start within the restart zone in NASCAR, and so which is clearly marked on the. I completely plain black dirt at Knoxville. I had no lines drawn on it. I am not saying he was in the right nor the wrong. I am just stating the the rule book at this point. Um, But in in all essence, Brett Moffat got hosed. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) I Um, think. Sorry, guys. I I did send like four tweets because I kept thinking of funnier things to say. The fifth one would have been poking fun at F one. I gave him the night off. So F one fans, you're welcome. Thank God. We'll get into that later. We would only we would only known Um, on the on the Todd Gilliland and and David Gilliland deal. That was pretty cool uh, because it was the very first time that Todd has ever drove for his dad's truck team. Yeah. Uh, and he moves. said the last, the last time, cause I was standing next to David waiting to talk to Todd. Right. And yes. you heard me say like, are you just going to take over full time for the crew chief? And I think there is something to that. You have your dad there. That's been your driver coach basically since you were a little kid. And he, he probably knows Todd way better than any crew chief in the NASCAR cup series garage. No offense to whoever's crew chiefing him now. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think that's that should be out of the equation. There's just been 16 races. He hasn't hit a top 10 yet for sure. I don't think he's hit a top 15 either. Uh, it's been a hard learning process, and these are new cars with a lot of issues to him, and he's not in a amazing ride either. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and it was so oh, cool I'm, yeah. for him. What to I was get getting it, to was he he uh, crew chiefed his arc his like last Arca win. Yes, and that was the last time they worked together. And so he gets in a in a truck this week and uh, goes to Knoxville and is now one for one in his dad's equipment. Oh, by the way, just happens to be on Father's Day weekend. Yeah, that's that's a pretty cool moment, and I think he owes a thank you to Brett Moffat for. Yeah. Maybe, maybe to NASCAR. Yeah, he does. Maybe to NASCAR. For I was just sure. say. I was just say. Don't give it to Brett. Give it to NASCAR. Brett was. Uh, Brett was very candid after the race. We're going to get him on uh, in the coming weeks, and we got uh, some guest news later uh, for this week. You guys are going to love this. Uh, but we're going to get Brett on uh, in the next few weeks. Here had a great conversation with him at Knoxville. He is. It, some people think he's like off the wall, political crazy. He's like one of the most enjoyable guys to talk to. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could make a list of just like, and it kind of intersects with the, like, who would you love to have a beer with? Right. But I mean the like the top 10 guys in motorsports to just talk to in a random interview that aren't going to, you know, I talked to six IndyCar guys today and some of them, if other people asked a question would kind of, or they'd, they'd assume you don't know, kind of what you're talking about because the wrong question was asked leading off the interview and it would take the whole thing haywire so mm-hmm. you know brett would never happen with brett he's he's fantastic and that's why i respect him and, and love him so much his talent is immense and he's always very candid with you know his answers to stuff even if I don't, he probably watched the replay before he talked to me i think he did I, yeah, it's hard telling if he if he actually did or either not. The, it was either that or the crew told him that like, you didn't jump. That's stupid and just come in. He almost did roll his way up there. He got pinched and then the truck literally went on its side. Say, he, so he let's nearly, get yeah, let's get in the Fox stuff. He nearly rolled. Um, however, if you weren't at the track, you didn't get a chance to see it. Yeah. Uh, so Fox missed Brett Moffat sliding on the front stretch on his side in a truck which he said i just looked over and there was the ground yeah he said this yeah. is the first time i flipped one of these truck things he's wasn't he said it'd be the first time he's ever flipped his stock car i think yeah it might have been a stock car he's completely. Like, yeah he's like i think this is the first time i'd ever flip a stock car and then and then he was like i looked at the ground and it was there, it was there and then <laughs> i was back back on the ground <laughs> and he kept it straight he didn't wreck yeah, that's yeah, a tally. He, he, he didn't man. wreck. He didn't wreck. He ended up keeping going, <laughs> and they threw the caution because of somebody else. Yeah, and okay. So the other thing is, Jessica Friesen flipped in a turn. Uh, turns three and four. Uh, that was where Damon and I were stationed the entire night. I hope you guys liked our tag team coverage. We were like. I don't like it when it's, hey, one guy's just doing constant updating and the other's just doing other stuff. I think you lose a lot in that situation. And then if the guy updating gets his credential pulled, you're really screwed. Yeah. Which is a big risk when I'm there, right? (laughs) Well, at the pace we were working, absolutely. (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, Damon and I were standing there. Damon didn't even see her flip. He was looking at something else walking. I was, looking, I was looking down the back stretch and in turn three, and then all of a sudden Connor hits my shoulder, and I see her car go from her side to all four. I think you saw, like, the move that, like, got her – spun because it was similar to the move yeah. that almost got Carson host of our spun who then turned it back and he was fast as hell he was all night until his engine blew that was that yeah. sucks for him and Tyler Carpenter too because if you if you had those trucks set up properly they they could each have won the race definitely um but yeah I so I didn't see all of Friesen's flip and then all of a sudden like the car's landing back on all four and the splitter's stuck in the ground like it ripped the whole front splitter off the truck and uh, drove it about two feet into the dirt. And then after that, she uh, got back on the racetrack and kept going. But yeah, so we didn't, you know, I thought that would be like a big moment of the race. Yep. And no one on Twitter saw it. I was getting people that were quote tweeting and saying she didn't flip. Yeah. There's only one guy saying she flipped. How did she flip if one Twitter account was saying that? Yep. She flipped and no one else is mentioning it. And it's these announcers are not at the racetrack, guys. That like that the only is people, the only announcers that were at the racetrack were the entire MRN crew. So if you were listening on the radio, they were there. And, and did Josh they cover Sims it? And Josh Sims and Heather DeBell. I don't know if they did or not. I can't answer that. Oh, okay. I, I was giving um, them props because I feel like I, they did. I think they mentioned after the fact, but not like when it happened because where they had the turn announcer staged was up in on top of the Clawson suite. And it was and very, and it was very random. What that right, I saw. Well, it was, you know. it was a like one, one roll deal. Like it was quick. If you didn't see it, like you missed it completely because her car was just got her truck stuck on the berm. You would have uh, thought, you would have thought she just got stuck there. Cause the berms yeah. did look, the berms did look bigger and more intimidating than they do for a cup race. Yeah. They, they definitely were, um, or a, I uh, said cup there. I meant World of Allies Knoxville weekly show. I'm sorry. I did not mean to misspeak like that, but yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, they were definitely up. That's, uh, that was for sure. But man, it was interesting to say the least because you posted that tweet and all of a sudden it, like, people were doubting whether or not that happened and we're standing in front of the truck where it happened. We, we have a way of doing that, don't we? Oh, my goodness one way or another don't we even like i i attribute some of it to luck i and you know it, some of it is but i i try to just you know you go out and you try to deliver the best coverage you can and you know talk about things that people might not see yep but never did i thought one of those would come during a race right <laughs> people are watching we're we're right there when it happens and uh and we're being doubted because of it, but man, what a, uh, that was the funniest part of it. I was getting so much entertainment and reading the people that are like, they're lying about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're they're They tweet. There's only one person who said that it happened. Yeah. There's, there's no way it's true. That say it didn't happen. I and didn't. And I thought this tweet would blow up and it didn't, but I replied to a guy and said, uh, from the always race day account and said, yeah, we're, we're trying to spread, uh, political propaganda. Yes. Whether Jessica Friesen flipped a race truck or not. It was, it was the highlight of the always race day Twitter account. 
Uh, and one other thing I want to say on TV, uh, and we'll we'll close up what we got about the truck race and get to the rest of the weekend. Um, I know you guys might think it's tiresome to talk about TV announcer. I'm a guy that like I don't pay too much attention to TV announcers. Um, and it's like subconsciously, like I want to, and you know, those people that I do know, like if I ever met, uh, Dickie V, I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> if I ever met Dick Vitale, uh, I would be just as starstruck as I was when I interviewed Jeff Gordon, you know, right. like I, I respect those guys they are in our industry. They work hard. Right. I, I would like, you know, when, when we talk about them not being at the track, this is like the stuff that. It's like, if they're not at the track, they could miss something like this. And it's an urban legend at that point. And right. I hate that that's even a possibility. So if you guys are like tired of, you know, this argument coming up, I know Iowa State basketball fans would know exactly what I'm talking about. This is why you need people at the events and, you know, one bad thing. I shouldn't even say one bad thing about COVID. There's many bad things. Another bad thing to come out of that hey, was that they, yeah, they stopped sending, you know, announcers to events because they're like, oh, well, we can feasibly get this done like this. And it sucks. It's terrible. Please make a big deal about it. Please go to Fox and, you know, blow them up on Twitter. Why are the announcers not at the racetrack? You can pay to get them there. It's not that much. Come on. You have so much, so many millions of dollars to spend. Uh, and we just want, you know, to watch in the best possible broadcast environment. And what's cool about it too is, you know, we obviously get the opportunity to, to mix and mingle within them. And so, you know, I had the opportunity to talk to Steve Post and you mentioned being starstruck, man, that I've listened to Postman for a long time on MRN and, and he's a guy that I absolutely, um, ba I basically just idolize just watching him do his craft and listening to him at, at all the different races. And so being able to talk to him, the guys is down to earth is down to earth is going to get like he wanted to come to our tweet up and he couldn't make it because of, of travel delays and obligations that he yeah, had. Yeah, and that's, that's a thing people are battling and it sucks. It's, it's really bad, but you know, we're getting, we're getting these races. We're getting there. We're, are it's we, so, are we limping along? Am I, am I getting there by a shed of a hair string or whatever the damn hell the saying is yeah absolutely but i do it because i love it it's, it's passion and you got to have passion to do uh the kind of jobs these people are doing it's not all uh i shouldn't even use the word glitz and glamour i'm going off so many stereotypical like phrases right now but y'all you should get what i'm saying at this point and yeah it's very imperative that the announcers are at the racetrack and if i could ever get to meet ace moneymaker i would I would really shoot back. Dude, tell me about it. <laughs> Love to meet Ace Moneymaker. But it, it's so it's so cool, you know, and even um, you know, for a little bit you had you had gone over to uh to the media center to get something to load. And so I was talking to Josh Sims for a little while. You know, and I feel I feel bad because yeah, that Tyler Carpenter video never loaded. Yeah. I put it on YouTube for you guys, so it is on our YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, go check that out. He's he's awesome. We're gonna get him on fun. at some point too. I thought it was funny because his his PR guy came and introduced himself yeah. to me. His PR guy for like one race. That's just yeah. like General Nice Motorsports PR guy, uh, and like that's just the culture in NASCAR and IndyCar too. Uh, yeah. more so in NASCAR. Uh, but you you don't just walk up and get an interview like you would in the world of Allies or anywhere else. And I I knew that before. Uh, we were just kind of walking around uh, before the race and. 
I wasn't, I didn't pre-plan enough stuff and oh well, but the guy just inter- introduced himself to me. It was really awkward because I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it's just a video going on social media. If it loads, yeah. it didn't. Knoxville had Knoxville had like a internet outage thing in the middle of the week, which screwed up their entire service. Uh, I forget what Brad Shear told us. We got to talk about the track. Fiber too. optic, fiber optic cable. Yes, there you go. Um, and so that that screwed up the entire you know weekend. So if you're if you were out there and you're like, I'm not getting a signal, you know that was why. Because uh, I've never had that fact, issue in Knoxville. It's been great. Usually, it's just the fact that you were at a NASCAR event. That tends to happen a lot. Right, but Nationals, it's never even happened to me. Nationals, I can't even get things to load usually. You're right, because NASCAR wasn't there. <laughs> you act like the NASCAR guys like take telemetry data and load up every... Well, they probably do. You think I'm kidding, man. I, I Both races that I went to this year... Um, now all three races have not had great service yeah and that stinks um because that's you know i I think you should prioritize that at at any of your events whatever racing series you run cover or do uh or run a track or whatever uh the fans that can talk about the race with their friends as it's happening if there's a red flag for 15 minutes and the fans can peruse twitter uh and post a video that they took from the stands of the red flag or do whatever and i'm not talking about one where a guy's seriously hurt usually doesn't happen the cars are pretty safe every series we kind of cover at the very least so uh that's a big thing for y'all like you think people get ticked off when the racing is not going on or those breaks for track prep those were totally necessary and having a good signal is very important uh to kind of you know just have for the fans to have something to do if you're not going to have people entertain them which i have offered have offered if there's a long track prep break for knoxville nationals uh saturday b- between the b and the a i would go out there and shotgun race anyone from the pits that thought they oh, could beat me God. <laughs> All I right. just I just want to provide the fans with some entertainment, kind of like they do with the uh, VP uh, fuel jug challenge deal. Or yeah, yeah. Deal. Except I'd be shotgunning so, out of one of the B- right. VP fuel. I'd be that would be actually really hilarious if I just like opened up the thing and started Start, drinking out started of it, drinking holding out of the it. other one and being like, "This is how I'm yeah. going to win this thing." See, you got to always get two cans of fuel. Ask the fuel man. Always, always two cans of fuel. Pack it full. I hope it's not actually fuel in those if I'm going to be drinking them straight moonshine you might as well be fuel. might as well be fuel I, I can't imagine the lengths they would go to to pour like four like little bottles of moonshine in there to make it a substantial weight to lift for, for it would a minute be, and a half it would be brutal for sure uh real quick track you prep. mentioned the break i was just about to say you mentioned the breaks and boy uh track prep was was the talk. So I, I came home today from, from Iowa and drove down to, to Columbia. So I listened to uh, basically all of Moody's show on Sirius XM and the main majority of the phone calls were saying how racy the track was, especially in comparison to last year. Yeah. Yeah. It was dude. Perfect track. Talk about, you know, I replied to a couple of Facebook comments like late at night, like just this race is going to stink. Everyone's going to rack. And I was like, didn't, didn't see anyone rack race is pretty badass. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it was. But I mean, let's be honest, that was kind of the big concern. It was my concern. I was afraid, especially when we had that last caution, I was afraid that it was just going to start turning into a giant wreck fest. And it, it was. But do you notice a trend, the trend that I'm noticing? What's when that? you when you give NASCAR a second chance at these crazy events and ambitious things they're taking on, they kill it. They have done a lot of good things. They take they've taken a step forward every time, which was my hypothesis way back when we started this podcast, uh, when we weren't recording regularly every week. Right. Uh, and, but that was like what I was trying to say is like give them give them the second time, Get, just see if it gets better, and it's getting better. And you know what? You give it. I think it's a three year deal. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to report that. We talked to that one vendor is. girl. This is per a drunk girl at Dingus who also claimed that there was uh, more fans at uh, the first Bristol World of Allies weekend than there were at the second. I think she got her events messed up because the Saturday this year at Bristol was lit. It was That's the most people I've seen at Bristol. Uh, and I got a chairman of the board up there uh, of the fan board that also agrees with me on that. But per per drunk girl at Dingus, and we had fun at Dingus. <laughs> My dad got hit on twice. twice in the first ten minutes we were there. We weren't I'd... even there ten minutes. We <laughs> barely just opened beers, and your dad has two chicks up by him. I'm just standing there looking at Damon, like I'm not offended, but I'm like, come on, you got to get on. I got Damon over here. He doesn't got to. Dave doesn't. I, was... I don't think Dave wears a, a wedding ring. I was sad, man. He gets two people people to walk up to him within 10 minutes. I had a conversation with the drunk girl just because she was standing there. That's it. No, you're completely okay. (laughs) If we we had had more to drink and I knew that we were staying somewhere, I would have pushed you to go up there with her. The man's a walking legend. (laughs) He's just standing there like... So, okay, I got to give you guys some inside baseball here. So I'm charging my phone at the media center so I can make it through the night uh, and I can upload some stuff and charge. And so I'm aside from where Damon's at, there's like three or four people in the entire big, big room. But I'm my voice just naturally echoes. It's naturally loud. You listen to the podcast, you know this. Uh, so I get on the phone with Dave. We're about midway through our conversation. I'm just telling him what the game plan is. We're going to post our stuff. <laughs> gonna come out i said you can go talk to my buddy over here and entertain yourself until we're done because he was just at the race by himself and in the middle of the conversation he just stops talking to me and just looks over at someone i guess and goes hey fuck you moffat won you pieces of shit and it's two nascar officials i later find out that are parked next to us in the media parking which is just happens to be right next to the racetrack. <laughs> I I don't know if I've like tried to laugh quietly so hard in my life because I was trying to sit there and contain myself and like just be genuine with them. <laughs> I I'm, that's what I would would have said to him as a fan as well. I would have done the same thing. I probably would have said a lot more actually. But it was it was timed out so perfectly and you just can't make it up with i mean i came out of the bristol media center with the pit pass i got my dad and he's helping kyle larson's team fix his late model <laughs> it's dude I, the dude's a legend i got it the man he's a good luck is, at the same time so okay all right his his 2022 already is inclusive of fixing kyle larson's late model nearly getting hit by a car in Terre Haute and yelling at NASCAR officials. 
<laughs> like this guy's gonna have a winner's shirt by the end of the year. I need him in like a, a big lawyer justice robe because I need him to serve the NASCAR officials that screwed over Brett Moffat. I need names. I want them on the podcast and I want to grill them all night long. It's the dumbest call I've seen in five years. Oh, I don't know. I'm not emotional about it, but yes. I don't know if it's the dumbest call. We've seen a lot of dumb calls. Yeah, they should have penalized Kyle Busch for wrecking Chase Elliott, but I'm not a Chase Elliott fan. <laughs> okay, Connor. I'm neutral. I'm a reporter. Okay, Connor. <laughs> this has been awesome. All right. Uh, so my weekend uh, concluded today. I went out to IndyCar testing at Iowa Speedway. Talked to Jimmy Johnson. That video is on YouTube. We talked to Graham Ray Hall. He remembers me because of my red Iowa State hat. He thinks the Ohio State Buckeyes are going to be in the playoffs this year. He said always. He said always, damn it. He insisted. I think he was offended that I even asked him if the Buckeyes were going to be in the playoffs. And I love the guy. Love the guy. He he and I would get along mainly because I'm a fan of his wife's. Um, So there's that. He uh, so I, I've had lunch with him a couple of times uh, with media stuff and okay brag. I'm not trying to brag. Like it, it's like <laughs> a, like Edward would send me the email and he's like, no one's like coming. Can you come? Yeah, would essentially like be the tone of it. And I'm like, yeah, like I I don't like when I'm not gonna I'm not gonna days. come and be starstruck by Graham Rahal. But at the same time, I I would love to chill and hang out with them. Like the IndyCar. The thing about IndyCar is. Those guys like market to people and market to media members like you would out of a college marketing class. Like, hey, you should give them something and bribe them, basically. Right. They keep doing it to me, and I'm already their biggest supporter. And I feel like they're losing out because I'm I'm just having lunch with Grant Enfinger and talking about Ohio State football for 45 minutes. Because a guy that talks about racing 24-7 doesn't want to talk about racing 24-7, right? Right. I talk about racing 24-7. I love it, but I'm not actually racing. And I rode in an IndyCar today for the first time in my life. And I can see why you wouldn't want to talk about racing because that was like exhausting. It was three laps. And it was like I, my legs feel like I was in a swimming pool. It's it's taxing. Yeah. So they, the media guys there convinced me uh, to do it because originally I was just going to you know pack up so I could – do some laundry and be on the podcast at a reasonable time. It's very late here. It's 2 a.m. Damon, they don't know. It's only 9.15. It's okay. It's art of podcasting. Anyway. told them, but whatever. <laughs> right. Why, was yeah, why would, why would we good. record at 2 a.m.? You're not very good at this fake stuff. You I told to you better. I want to be genuine. <laughs> well, you're being genuine. <laughs> so I was getting like thrown to the right side of the race car it, the shakes like from all the bumps on the and the Iowa Speedway surface were interesting and, and fun to experience. I don't think they were bumps as like the tracks falling apart. I think the drivers actually love it. Um, and all six of the drivers I talked to today love Iowa Speedway. That was it's, that was the one common de- denominator between all six of them. It's what they call character in a racetrack. Right. Those bumps are what they call character in a racetrack. And those are the reason that makes that place tricky was because you've got all the G-forces, as you felt today. You've got basically sharp turns, and on top of all the bumps and everything that go along with it, that's that's what makes that track a very tricky place, but that's why people love it. Yeah, in it's, it's badass. It's like there's an apex of the corner, mm-hmm. 
And the apex also is a hill. Right. You know, I love you it. Probably feel it. You probably feel it more coming off of turn four than you do coming off of turn two. I'm going to be honest with you. I was so like elated that I was just doing it. Like I, I don't remember <laughs> any of the characteristics of the race. It's like the third lap. And I was like, I got to pay attention to where I'm going. And, and we pulled it. I was like, shit. You should have just had, you, you should have had your, your phone up and just tried holding on to it the whole time. That there's a, there's a, there's a GoPro sitting next to me. I'm going to try to find the video, but you can see me. You will probably be able to see me or hear me as we're pulling out a pit road. And I go, Oh shit. <laughs> so they have some giddy up to it. Nice. But I had I had gotten in the car and so the drivers just drive around, come back, driver change. And it's it's 93 degrees. Yep. And I'm starting to sit down. I'm like, "Hey, you know, put your hands where you need to put your hands or whatever." And I go, "Hey, Spencer, Spencer, are you uh are you hot? Are you staying cool up there?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, buddy, we're doing fine." And the two guys strapped me in. We're like, he's lying. He's miserable. <laughs> and then he, like a second later, he shuts the thing. He's like, you're good to go. Go ahead, Spence. I can, I can attest to that. I've been in a hot fire suit at a hundred degrees and sitting yeah. in a, in and a hot like taking it off, even with clothes under it. It was like, Oh, this is relieving. It's, it's so relieving to it, There is no better relief than taking off a fire suit, a black fire suit in a hundred degree weather. You made it black. We need more white fire suits with white racing shoes. I think they look cooler anyways. They do look cool. Uh, But yeah, that was, it was overall just, it was a badass day. And Spencer Piggott is like, I don't, I don't want to be dramatic about it, but I trust him with my life, Damon. You did. You like, (laughs) you actually did trust him with your life. Quite honestly. No Hans device. My head's just shaking my elbows. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> up against the wall of the car no he, he was fantastic and it's if he, so, it's, if he tail if he tail slapped the wall you were going with it is what you're saying right it's so cool that they have a name driving the car like right. you could you could have tommy jones like oscar Lusa native just happens to have practiced you could have okay frankie munaz probably wouldn't count but you could you could have just a guy that drove two any lights races in his life and he's just like good at driving the two-seater out there uh, so like that was cool to rip around with him like that was and i didn't get to talk to him afterwards or anything maybe i can reach out to him get him on the podcast or something but that was really sweet that's awesome. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun for the day, just being the uh, being there testing and um, seeing seeing what the uh, what the consensus is. I guess what what was the word from the drivers? What did they what they see today? Uh, so the biggest thing. So Elio hadn't drove the track since 2017, and the cars changed so much. He said the downforce was way different. So they're running 18 second laps today or so. And I think Racer actually obtained, and they got sources. Uh, I promise you it was not available to me. I'm not trying to slack off. Uh, I did not get any of the times from the test, any of the data. It was a private test, so it's up to the teams whether they release them or not. So however they obtained it, Joseph Newgarden was the fastest. They run like 18 second lap times. Uh, and a couple in 2017 with a lower downforce package or higher downforce, right? Higher downforce, I think, from what Elio said. If they had more downforce, then they would have had less back then. So lower downforce. No, so t- 2017, they were running 16 second laps or okay. in the six, high 16 gotcha. second laps. I got you. Today, they were in the 18 fives, 18 sixes. Um, so that's 
that was a change for him. Other than that, everyone that we talked to said like it's the exact same. That's crack has not changed at all, which is a very good thing. Uh, if you don't race on it for a while, it can change. Uh, they're starting to build a big uh, concert stage and turns one and two. So that'll be probably where Florida Georgia Lions at. I'm guessing that's it's a stage in turn two, but I'm guessing it will be out, you know, mm-hmm. like facing okay. out to the stands. Right. So, um, yeah, every, everyone that I talked to said they they absolutely love the track. The only thing they complained about was the signal for they were having trouble connecting the Internet to get tel, uh, telemetry right. signals. And that's they upgrade their Internet once a month in Iowa for that big race mm-hmm. for the IndyCar race. Or once a year, I'm sorry, for one month out of the year. Um, so that won't be an issue when they come in July. Uh, but yeah, no, it was everything that I could have wanted to be uh, today uh, and everything a fan could have wanted to hear about the Iowa Speedway today. So Yeah. Yeah, it was cool to to hear what uh, what Jimmy had to say about you know about running at Iowa for the first time. It was cool to hear from Graham a little bit. Somebody who, um, if I remember right, the last time he was at Newton, he finished in the top ten on seven cylinders. So that was uh, a day for him. Um, if I remember being on pit road, right? I can't remember if that was the right race, but. Um, I was, you know, well, Graham have those two Graham guys. Is either, and, Graham is either doing something miraculous to get a top five, uh, or he's getting taken out on the first lap. Well, he, I know he got tenth that day because he was the last car on the lead lap. It was when Joseph Newgarden decided to pass everybody on the track, and uh, um, it was, yeah, he was was tenth on seven cylinders. It was like the last ten laps. He had a motor blowing up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Joseph tomorrow. Uh, he wasn't available uh, for media today. And then by the time it was like later, I could have talked to him. But I was like, I was getting nervous with Emery Sonner about to riding in, in an Indy car. So I, was like, <laughs> I was texting my will to people. Well, I never got a text. I Well, I didn't want to task you. Like my dying wish was like allegedly to kill Tom Ricketts, but... Yeah, so if I had one, um, allegedly that would be it. All right. Well, I don't know how how feasible that is, but this is I think three straight episodes he's gotten a mention on here. He lives rent free in my head. Yeah, he does. Absolutely (laughs) does. (laughs) But yeah, uh, if you guys aren't if you guys aren't familiar with Joseph Newgarden, let me tell you, like he is Brett Moffat for IndyCar. If there's a favorite to win the races. That's probably the guy. He just won a million dollars because he was the first to win on an oval, a street circuit, road course this year. He is. Does amazing. he have every interview? He's he's entertaining. Like Does if I could have... get him on the podcast every week. Yeah, would. he would be fun. To have. I would pay him a lot of money to just appear on the podcast. Every I remember he'd be entertaining no matter what. I remember him coming into the media center at three a.m. <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably one of the best interviews i've ever sat in on yeah anytime joseph wins a race you're like all right my story's written it's yeah. it's bill finley but for racing right and right. he's i bill i know you listen every every episode <laughs> don't take any offense to this joseph's very funny much funnier than bill <laughs>
Bill will give you great quotes and insight, and he'll throw a joke or two in there and a baseball comparison to make you laugh as well. Joseph has like 17 jokes per minute. It's insane that he can go at the rate that he does. Every answer has a joke. <laughs> All right, let's get uh, – I teased this, um, so let's uh, let's get to it because uh, I, kn- I know everyone wants – probably is listening to hear this, and it wasn't – the biggest story from the weekend and it's not the biggest deal and i'm i've already played it up probably too much to be a superstar at it but uh we are gonna have ryan Timms on the podcast tomorrow uh, i don't I think damon knows did i tell you yeah oh good okay all right good we, we've yes. got stuff when i i forget everything before the indy car ride it's blacked out sorry uh <laughs> Ryan Timms. I would have blacked out too. It's fine. So Ryan Timms this weekend uh, swept the what is called the Northern Outlaw Sprint Association uh, weekend at Jackson Motorplex in Minnesota in Houston Speedway in South Dakota. Uh, NOSA, if you've seen me tweet it, NOSA is usually what I will call it. Um, it's more localized or more regionalized between those two racetracks and a couple other ones in the Northern Midwest area. I believe they have a couple races in Iowa as well. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, uh, but pretty local, but if you get the right race and you hit the right purses, you get, uh, some bigger names coming in, uh, Ayrton Jenaten, the McCarl brothers, Justin Henderson, all raced against him, both at Jackson and at Houston's, uh, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Ryan Timms swept the weekend, won all three races, and drove in dominant fashion to win from ninth on Sunday uh, to beat Ayrton, our guy Ayrton Jenaten uh, at Houston's. Um, the issue is uh, Ryan is 15, uh, so he cannot make his World of Outlaws debut until his 16th birthday, which is on August 26th, and it is the same day the World of Outlaws will go to River City Speedway, uh, and that will probably most likely be where he makes his world of outlast debut so what i wanted to come on here and say is i've read stories and stories and stories of tony stewart jeff gordon you know dale dale jr specifically to jeff gordon's case because i remember them the best because he's my favorite driver as a kid winning races against grown adults in major series at 12 years old so much so that he moved and you can, if you have bought every NASCAR video game from 2000 to 2011, you'll see Jeff Gordon's hometown switch from Daytona beach, Florida to Indianapolis to Vallejo, California, because his family moved because they started putting age restrict restrictions on where he could run because he was kicking too many people's asses. And it's, it was stupid reading it back then, and it's stupid now. That's my opinion on the matter. I don't think you should restrict anyone on age, and I understand that there's a predicament here. Uh, Damon, do you want me to let you go? Because I've been talking for a while, and we can yeah. – I got more just, points, but yeah. No, I, I just want to go real quick off your last point of not having an, a restriction of age. That that's, that's bold. Now, yeah, I'll, I'll build off it. Hold on. So you obviously have to have a barrier of who's allowed to race your series when it's a top racing series, especially for sprint cars in the United States and in the world. You have to have a barrier of who's allowed to drive in it, right? I think we're all in agreement on that. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be age. And I understand that it's hard to set up parameters about where that would go, how you would decide, and what you would do. I know some people are opposed to just, hey, this kid's good enough, let's give him a waiver. Which I think is the easiest solution, not the most perfect, but quite literally the easiest solution if everyone else just shuts up and says, yeah, I agree, that kid's good enough. I think that's the I think that's almost your only solution because here's what's gonna happen. What you get is fans saying, like, oh my kid's good enough, that kid's good enough. I know this kid that races in this county, and it's okay, stop bringing up counties here. You don't know what you're talking about. You also have other people, other drivers that are are petitioning for for Ryan to get into an outlaw's car uh soon this weekend. But you can you you have to have an age restriction. I, I, that one you have to have, there, there has to be an age restriction. If you want to give waivers for a kid that is ultra talented and has beaten some of the best drivers in the sprint car world, go right ahead and do that. But you have to have an age restriction. Now, hold on. So my alternative to an age restriction, and I, I would very much welcome being a part of this process. And I might even just take an Adderall some time and, you know, go balls deep in it, to be honest with you. And, you know, look at what series and and you have to have this many wins in this series. You have to have a win of a series of this caliber, a top three finish, you know, something along those lines. You have to have things that you can do, like a license requirement or something. You can go out and test and race in traffic or this or that. I would love to put something together like that. The issue is it's very hard to kind of uh, notarize uh, what series would be at the level, like a Pennsylvania weekly show or an Oxford weekly show. If you won one at 15 years old, you should, and I don't know if they have age restrictions or not, but if you won one at 15 years old, you should absolutely be able to race with the world of Alice. Just like if you swept the weekend against the defending Houston's champion, uh, the McCarl brothers and Ayrton Jennington. And if, like you swept the weekend against those four guys. It's one thing to do it three straight races. It's another to just do it once. Right. But I, and I think you can accidentally very hard to luck into a win in sprint car racing. You're not getting a rain delay win in sprint car racing. No, but you can hop into a car that's ultra competitive and accidentally get yourself a win. Right. But if you're going to give a 15 year old an ultra competitive ride, aren't you going to figure out if he's good or not? What if daddy has money? Okay, then he does. So then he races there, and I would assume you you got to have talent to win the race. I'm just saying, I, I'm playing devil's advocate, I, and I don't, I don't, yeah, race. no, and you're you're good. I I don't think they would. I don't think Daddy's money can buy you a Knoxville Weekly win. I bet you it can in the four ten division. Mm-hmm. Look at the list of winners. No way. If Daddy's got money, you're gonna find a way to win. I don't know. I just disagree with that. I think there's too many contenders that race there, and I'm not trying to say like you're being disrespectful to them. You're trying to debate me, and it's all good. I I, just, I think there's too much talent there. Like, but we. I mean, that's the thing is like you'd have to draw a line at which series are this competitive and which series are allowing you to race at 15 anyways that you could test the waters in. Now you have to have an age restriction. That there's just no way around it. 
So I will, I'll tell one short story. I was a journalist when I was a, in high school, still learning how to do stuff, writing for a blog for free. Damon wrote for it. Fun, not fun time, but learned a little bit. Uh, so I went to a Iowa energy game, covered it. I uh, was taking photos. I'm going out to go onto the floor to take some more photos. Uh, and this guy grabs me by the shirt collar and like picks me up and is like, are you supposed to be here? And then figured out I was media, let me down, and then apologized. Uh, and total B word about it, triple B, baby back bitch, just idiot, right? And Iowa Event Center doesn't even have their security company anymore. I think my non-disclosure or anything about that would be fixed by now, right? But so I I didn't make a big deal about it. I only found out two or three years later that that was like not. A thing that's supposed to happen. He grabbed my shirt collar because I was 16 years old covering a basketball game. I don't think you should discriminate on age at anything in the country minus like three or four things. And I was trying to compile a list, uh, but I'm also like 50-50 on like three of the topics. And we'd start getting into another debate about that uh, and just debate with myself. But I, I hate discriminating on age. And if you don't want me to say discriminating, then not allowing a kid to come in and try to earn his opportunity because he's three months younger uh, than he should be. Two months, right? I, it, regardless, you, you have to... What is the difference between Ryan Thames at 15 years old in 10 months and 16 years old in zero? I understand that. That's, what I, that's all I'm saying is like... The, I understand I that, but at what point do you draw the line then? So... Now we're opening the door for anybody to do it. If yeah, if they have like a four ten win against national tour guys, so now you're opening the door for for a ten year old to to hop in. If he Jeff Gordon won at twelve, if he's beating kids at if he's beating grown adults at ten, then yeah, I think he knows enough about racing to not wreck. And it's grown adults in these certain series, right? These certain racetracks, these certain races that you enter. But he beat notable guys this week, and I I think he should get a waiver. I think he should. I think he should get a waiver too. I'm not denying the waiver part. Right. I know. I and I know I'm you're denying. Looking, yeah. I'm denying the Joe Blow that comes off the street. That that's what I'm saying is like it. what I would set but up would not, be like a formula. The, it's not the fact of of someone getting in the ride and going ahead and winning it. It's the fact of somebody coming off the street saying, "Well, if they if they can do it, I can do it too," and that's what's putting danger in themselves and everybody else around right and we've seen that at the chili bowl that's what i'm so that's what i'm saying you can't okay you so what, what, what i'm what i'm theorizing here and it's easier to say it very much easier said than done. but you I, what i would do is set up like a formula of who's in the race who's running the race and it would have a total score and if you study the formula enough and you could do this with old data going back from today to two years from this date that we're recording this um and you could go back and figure out which races have the notoriety if the scale makes sense and if it doesn't you'd adjust it and obviously this sounds like a 10-hour project for me and it would be clearly uh and it's not an easy thing to change and i'm not harping on the world of outlaws for having it i'm harping on you know corporate America that works nine to five Monday through Friday every week. Uh, and just if, if a fork in the road comes, they just say life sucks. 
I just don't think we should say this kid's 16. No one else could race till they were 16. So he shouldn't be able to either because life sucks. He should be able to race next week's World of Allies race at Hughes's. Clearly. He right. just I, I don't think that's no. that's not the question. Here. It's a shame. It's a shame. And he tweeted, he tweeted a picture and we're going to talk to him tomorrow. He tweeted a picture uh, that just, it was the, it's after the race, all of them posing with the trophy and they're pointing to it as crew guys are pointing to the world of Allah's semi. And it says they don't want this smoke. And it's perfect. Cause that was a, this league moment for the world of Allah's. And good. the sad thing is, is the world of Allah's profits off that from public, public views right exposure in a, in a sense you profit off of it in eyes on the sport and stuff that's happening you're that's an nba style dramatic moment even if it's a funny jab which it is but at the end of the day you're not allowing the kid to race at 15 and 10 months but you will at 16 and i think that's stupid because he has proven that he is a-okay ready to go yeah, I, I think he should have a waiver because he has proven what his and, his worth is. And guys, don't let Damon's trying to play it up like, not play it up, but da- Damon's doing his best to debate the other side, and he's doing a good job. I don't, I just, I don't want you guys to come to Damon at any of his comments here because I know he's actively tr- – because he you somewhat agree with me, right? I agree with you yeah. wholeheartedly. I think he yeah. should have a waiver. Like, yeah. I want to see him race this weekend at Houston's. I and want I know to that's, see that happen. I know, it's, I know that's like good radio and stuff. I don't give two shits if we agree on things completely. I, 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 I want to yeah. see it happen. What I don't want to see is somebody that – thinks that they can drive a race car come on right right i'm right there with you i don't i don't want to lower i don't want to lower the age to 15 that's not that's not at all what my argument is that's that's what i don't want to see so that's why i say that there needs to be an age restriction but you have this you have this opportunity of a once in a lifetime type deal right or or in this case three times with you know the way Tony Stewart was brought up and the way Jeff Gordon was brought up and, and the way Ryan Timms is being brought up. So, you know, if there's there, this does not happen often, right? Don't, don't look at this as something that happens on a regular basis every single year. Oh no, this is, this this is the first time since I've covered sprint car racing, it's the first like hyped up, right wait for this kid to turn 16 that's when he's making his debut and he told he told us last winter and on the podcast he said i'm going to come to the world of allies i'm gonna do some world of allies racing at the end of the year yeah this is exactly a once once every so often situation so that's why i'm saying there's got to be a an age restriction with the opportunity of a waiver i don't i don't at all know his plans and we can we can ask him about it tomorrow but i would love to see the kid one for, run for rookie of the year at 16 years old it would be intense it would be intense that'd be awesome and he'd, it he'd win it i don't I, put whoever you want in the other cars he'd win it unless uh, kyle larson unless kyle larson wins the title on a buzzer beater pass and chooses to run for rookie of the year yeah it's hard telling yeah. all right uh do you want to get around uh I don't have a list of topics in front of me right now, uh, but just news we missed from the weekend since we've talked about that. I don't know how many 
I have a couple of questions. Your boy Ron won this weekend. We didn't even touch that yet. There you go. Yeah, this is what this segment's for. There you go. My boy Ron Caps, our boy. First, first win for the new Toyota Super Body as well. Yeah, so that came together mid-season, kind of. And it, it was, was it was a deal in the works. It had been for a while. The problem is they just haven't they couldn't get everything put together in time for Ron because it's a brand new body that came out this year. And since Ron's deal was a kind of late moving anyway, uh, he ran like the first six races with the old Dodge bodies gets, uh, gets Toyota pulled on a couple weeks ago and now is already in the winter circle with them. So pretty, pretty impressive to see for a, basically a, a startup team. Yeah, man, it's uh I I don't know if it's such like a startup team. It's it's all of his same guys. Right. It's it's the guys that make the magic happen. Stuff. He's buying new stuff very smartly, might might I add. Uh but also I only say this because the next question is about startup team but uh no i love anytime ron caps wins it's like i remember the nhr race much better that day because such a great interview uh and a fun guy to talk to we're gonna get him back on i did lose his phone number and i've got his publicist on email i emailed her today there you so go. we're working on that yeah he's he's a, a good guy and happy to see him uh, get that first win for the new Toyota body, which for the most part, a lot of, a lot of the teams that are Toyotas are struggling with. So um, for him to, him to dial it in, that's going to only help the other teams. Yeah. So uh, I was texting with Antron. He hasn't gotten back to me about how he did. What was his weekend? Like not great. Wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't a win. We'll put it that way. Yeah, um, well, any anything that's not a win for Antron, he's the best racer in the sport. It's that's fair. Antron actually, Antron actually went pretty far. Uh, went to the semifinals and lost in the semis. Um, Justin Ashley won the top fuel race, so good to good for him. Uh, his what dad was. I was going to say his, his dad was a uh, funny car winner and won at Bristol three times in his career. And so now Justin gets to add one as well, which is, is pretty cool. That's good for him. What, what it sounds to me is like uh, just Antron gets to add another final four banner to his garage. Cause he has essentially some people yeah. call him the John force of top fuel racing. Yeah. Nobody calls him that. That's actually. just me. Uh, yeah. 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 And anyone I pay to say it on a cameo appearance. Yeah, that that is just you that actually <laughs> says that. Even the people that that come on the cameo, we you you pay them first, and they still don't say it. I'm gonna do what I can to get them on the podcast, and I'm gonna treat them like we've been best friends forever. Oh my goodness, can't wait! I can't. I wait. just think that will be the best bit that I've ever done in my life. Can't wait! We'll be excited to see that. Another thing that happened this weekend, and the IndyCar guys very much appreciated me bringing this up. So they were. A couple of the PR guys were telling us, oh, we looked at the website. We liked I don't want to brag about it. I don't want to sound like I'm bragging about it. We're talking about always race day and stuff. And I was like, I got a, we got a podcast. And I said, my shtick on there is I like bag on F1 as much as I can because of how big of an IndyCar fan I am. And I said, that's, that's why when I get these like, hey, you can ride in the two seater every time you guys come to town, it's like you're marketing the wrong person. You already got me. I'm already hooked. 
Uh, and so the penalty uh, this weekend given out by F1 uh, to the driver that you, you cannot defend your position by moving in more than one direction. You can move left or right only one time. And if you move right back the other way, then that is a penalty. <laughs> that was what they deemed enough of a penalty to like cost a guy like two spots from eighth, I think. Was he far yeah. out the field? No, you're right. It was right. I think so, yeah, so it was he's right. like, this guy's promoted from ninth to eighth. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. What are we doing here? Like, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't just called illegal blocking, which is a stupid penalty in the first place. Build better racetracks, have better passing zones. You know how <laughs> you know how it goes. But it, it, so it wasn't just that. It was we have to specifically say you defended your position by moving in two different directions, which are the only two directions you can move in, left and right, unless you put rocket boosters on the bottom of the car and move up or down. And down really is pretty quite impossible as well so right yeah the, or, or left ask, ask ask lewis hamilton they're already on the ground <laughs> too soon man oh gosh it's just it's I, it's almost too easy there's there's always something you know there's a guy on tiktok that walks around canada and just like he's like this is the world's largest ball of twine Yep. There's always something to do up here in Moose Jaw. <laughs> and it is just like that. It's even much easier than what he's doing because they, they travel a lot. Yep. I'm impressed with that guy. That's impressive. Uh, so the other, the other thing, uh, one of the questions I got was from uh, David Braga. Uh, he said, so I haven't been watching a ton of NASCAR this year, but it seems like maybe that number six car kind of just sucks regardless of who's in it good observation so that's a startup team in nascar obviously and when you guys when you guys look at and it's track house has won three races this year and they're a first year team why are we talking about first year teams like they're different than other teams track house took first of all chip ganassi racing defending indycar champions defending indy 500 champions okay pinnacle motorsports chip ganassi racing is they got out of nascar and all of the assets of the team were sold to track house yes they are new cars track house had far less to turn around than 2311 which completely brand new startup team did not get much of anything minus parts that do not make more than a tenth of a second difference when combined on a race car from joe gibbs racing uh or roush fenway keslowski which we look at now, uh, which took over a team, but the, the team sucked. Ryan Newman was not good in that car. Chris Buescher has had a phenomenal season for what his performance has been in that car in the past three or four years. Chris Buescher is out driving Brad Keselowski right now, even with, and I mentioned this to David, 100 points docked, which you called me on earlier this year, Damon. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. uh, for that penalty for manip manipulating parts, uh, he would still, with those 100 points, be behind Michael McDowell in the. He's still in 21st place. Yeah. That is quite alarming to me. I think that is, uh, and I don't think Brad has dipped. I don't think he's plateaued in his skill. No. 
a lot of it <clears throat> a lot of it has been a really poor luck for that team like just caught up in a lot of bad situations but b all of their you know we talk about the top teams having slow pit stops and and slow pit crews all of Brad's crew is like really bad like he's got one of the worst pit crews in NASCAR like statistically has one of the worst pit crews. And this is I missed the I missed the positive regression podcast, which broke that down every week. And I'm maybe I should get uh, one of them on. One of the old guys. One of them works for Rashman Wakeslowski, he, so he's definitely up there here about that. I guarantee it. That's his yeah. job to notice that, and he will notice that. Um, so I'm shocked that a change hasn't came. But that when when you say like, well, when I say stuff like that, what I assume is. It's not an easy fix. It's not. It's not, you know, it's it's win in Rome because it wasn't built in a day, right? So yeah. it uh that that whole operation is in a tough situation because you do have one car running relatively well. I would say Chris qualifying Burton, qualifying well and running decent. And I would that, say that Chris, is a huge Chris step is, up. I would say he's a, a, a regular top fifteen to top twenty car. On a regular basis, I think that's fair. Top twenty to say. for sure. Um, but the races that Brad has really wheeled, like you look through some of the previous races this year, and outside of maybe four, Brad's really had a car in the top ten, top fifteen, until something happened late in the race. And then something has gone on, whether it be a caution, whether it be a bad pit strategy, whether it be a bad pit stop, whatever it may be, may it be a wreck. Brad's had a car that's been relatively decent late or throughout throughout the race. It's just bad, bad timing for a lot of things. And some of it's out of their control right now. And that's that's the the downside of it. But that's also why Jack Roush brought in brad keselowski is because of what brad can bring to the table brad's a championship driver he's a winning driver and he's a very talented driver yeah i'm glad you said that because i haven't noticed him quite as much yeah i i just it's you don't notice him a whole lot but then you just look up in the leaderboard and he's 12th place all of a sudden i think he's he's, yeah and i think he's performed well at the tracks that he's good at i think luck mm -hmm. is a big part of it yeah and so the other questions were all kind of about Ryan Thames. I thought we covered that as valiantly as we could. I want to give a shout out to Justin Peck for winning Ohio Sprint Speed Week. Uh, that's dope. He did good. Um, it should be a big honor. Uh, and I hate that. Sure. I hate that Lima Land kind of sheds a bad light on the whole week because it shouldn't. But that's right. that's what I remember from the week, and I hate that that is kind of the case. Um, also, Kevin Thomas Jr. is going non-wing racing again. He's going to defend his Indiana Sprint Week title for Carson Garrett's uh, dad's team. Brock Garrett, I think is his name. Um, so that's cool to see. It's kind of things that brought him into the sport. I hope he races uh, a lot with the Extreme Outlaw Series and, and gets paid like he should because uh, I think that's uh, where he really shines. I don't know if it was car driver uh with a wing on the car um my favorite ktj story uh and i i would think he's okay with me sharing this uh 
but it was uh, a couple of years ago. I was covering one of my first nationals, and I had talked to him at the Corn Belt because uh, he liked Alabama football. And so we had talked about talked about that for a bit. Hold on, I had to cough. Uh, so we had talked about that for a bit. Uh, basically, I walked up, uh, and he's running the Na- Knoxville Nationals after running the entire year without a wing on the car. Uh, and I said, hey, man, it's awesome to see you here. I uh, didn't realize you ran this. Like, that's super cool. You excited or or what's going on? And he said, no, not really. Uh, we come out here. We put a wing on the car for four days out of the 365. Dumbest damn thing we do. Stupid. <laughs> Waste of my time. <laughs> And just, I like, I like people and this episode has quickly gotten a theme of just candid people with us, uh, that, cause there's no shame in admitting, admitting that like you, you're not used to driving a wing car. So for four days a year, you go and drive a wing car. Like, obviously you're going to suck. Right. If I play and I, I've done this before, but if I play roller hockey for 361 days out of the year, and then for four of them, I go and play ice. Like uh, those four days are not very easy. Right. Yeah, it's it's a whole different deal, that's for sure. So I'm, so him and Snow Racing have parted ways. Uh, we'll see what's next for him. Uh, there's a lot of guys that moved from non-wing to wing, that uh, none of them, besides Tyler Courtney, finding much of any success. And is it team? Is it driver? That's the debate everywhere, and I think it's a case by case basis. Uh, obviously, with. Uh, what happened to KTJ on one end and what is going on with Tyler Courtney on the other. So we'll kind of see how that pans out. I think there's a lot to uh, keep looking at. It's the quietest storyline of all the ones that have been kind of season long ones uh, of what to do. No one's really, you know, mentioning stuff like that. So we'll see about that. Uh, The only other thing I had was race XR moved their Texas race to Kokomo, which is, I just like tweeting, get your ass to Kokomo. There you go. Can't say I don't blame you there. Do it. Get your ass to Kokomo and get your ass to Houston's. This week, we'll be up there. I'll be up there. Damon's in Missouri. He's recruiting five-star this weekend. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll be up at Houston's Wednesday through Saturday. We'll have that uh, for you. Uh, I won't predict any winners because the guy I predicted uh, isn't allowed to enter the race. So. <laughs> true true i think that's a good way in the podcast a good way to finish it y'all uh y'all have a good week uh and uh tune in you know go go watch our youtube go tune into all the content uh from this week i hope we're uh hope we're doing y'all proud um and if you know anyone interested in partnering with us uh i'd love to uh do some sign and trade type of deals and uh figure that out we're always looking Uh, And I figured I'd throw that in at the end here. So have a good week. Appreciate y'all for uh, listening um, as long as you have tonight. Uh, And we will have Ryan Timms on the second episode this week and potentially one more guest, but I don't want to promise that one. So peace. Why do I say peace? That's no, I'm staying on to remind myself that that is cringy and I'm doing that way too much. (laughs) All right. See ya.